Carly, look at me. Look at me, okay? Oh, God. Everything is going to be just fine. No, no, no. Sit down. You're going to be all right, okay? We're gross. Even with puke in your hair, you are the prettiest girl in Las Vegas. You are still beautiful. I'm a mom. No, I want to go home. Trust me, you don't want to go home. Right now, we're going to go back to the hotel. We're going to get you cleaned up, and everything is going to be just fine, Okay. No, no, I love you. This is normal Las Vegas behavior. You're doing it right. Woo, look at you. We're in Vegas, baby. We're doing it for the story. I love you, okay? I love you. Just, just sit down, relax. How did we end up here? Well, wait till you hear the rest of the story. Hello, and welcome to a Las Vegas edition of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Gina Marie. Does my voice sound extra raspy, like I just spent five days in an old, smoky, dusty casino? (laughs) If not, then this honey lemon water must be doing the trick. I just came back from spending four nights at the Westgate Hotel with my sister, and wow, do we have some stories to tell. We went for an event called Podcast Movement Evolutions. It's a trade show dedicated to podcasting, complete with an award show, networking events, classes to learn from, and exhibitors demonstrating products and services that could be helpful to our show. As I mentioned last week, we weren't supposed to be there, so I can't wait to tell you how we ended up going, what we learned, and most importantly, the story that was so embarrassing that my sister had to sit down and break the news to her family before we could release this episode. (laughs) Yeah, it's that bad. If you're looking for a story that's equal parts inspirational, hilarious, and disgusting, then you've hit the jackpot. So pack your hair extensions, dancing shoes, party pants, lashes, boob tape, push-up bra, passport, and Tylenol, because you're coming with us to chase our dreams in Las Vegas, baby. Let's do this. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Is there a dream you're chasing? Maybe something you've considered doing for a long time, but you're just waiting for the right moment. Or maybe a side hustle you're working on. Well, that's what this podcast is for me. It's something that I dreamt of doing for a really long time, and now I'm finally putting my feet to the pavement. The reason why I'm sharing so much about the behind the scenes of growing this show is because I want to show you what I'm doing in the process I'm going through in order to make my dreams come true. I don't have all the answers. I'm learning as I go, but I figure that, you know, since you and I are friends now, I'd bring you along with me for the ride. Even aside from all the goal chasing stuff, there's a chance that maybe you've been listening from the very beginning. Thank you. I appreciate you. So you may feel invested in the growth of the show and I want to keep you in the loop. So I had no idea when I started this podcast how isolating it would be. Sure, getting the feedback is rewarding and sharing my stories makes me feel like I have a purpose on this planet. But at the end of the day, it's mostly just me and a microphone writing and recording at the strangest times of the day. Of course, I have Carly working with me behind the scenes, but she lives in another city and we do all of our work separately. 
We don't know any other podcasters and we have no idea whatsoever what to do about the business side of it all. So one night I decided to search online for a podcast convention that we could go to somewhere we could network with other people who've had the same struggles, as well as a place to learn about all the promotional side of things. I found lists of all kinds of events all around the world, which was exciting. And I was prepared to go absolutely anywhere as long as it worked with my schedule. But one tricky thing about my work being a bridal makeup artist is I have clients booking me two to three years in advance. I know. It sounds crazy, right? So my excitement fizzled real fast once I realized that I was already booked to do weddings over every single date on that list. One thing about me is no matter how badly I might want to do something, I never want to cancel a bride because some of them plan their entire celebration around my availability. I'm not kidding. I realize this makes no sense, but it's true. Like, One bride emailed me saying that she wanted to get married sometime in May, and my booking ninja at the time told her that we didn't have any dates until September, so she said, All right, I guess I'm getting married in September then. Or my all-time fave was a bride who inquired about a date that would have been a tight schedule with my other bookings that day, so my booking ninja joked, The only way Jaina could make this work is if you booked her a helicopter, ha ha ha. And she did! I took a helicopter to her booking! Yeah, man. You can't stop a bride from... From getting what she wants. It's a huge honor for me when somebody chooses me for their wedding, as well as a tremendous amount of pressure. I never want to let anyone down. So getting back to this list of podcast conventions, there was one event that almost, almost worked with my schedule. I was off for all the days except for one. So the convention was during the week, right? I was going to need to be in Las Vegas from Tuesday to Friday, and I was booked with a bride whose ceremony was on the Saturday and her reception was on Sunday, but she had one pre-wedding event over the dates that I needed to be in Las Vegas. Do you follow me? So I mentioned this to Ricky, my coworker slash best friend slash ride or die slash associate, and she said, Jaina, you need to be at this convention. Tell your bride that if she'll do her pre-wedding event with me, I'll do it free of charge. And if she's not sure she can trust my work, I'll even do a free trial with her. Whatever it takes. We just have to get you there. Isn't she great? I have no idea what I did to deserve friends like her. Well, I thanked Ricky for her offer and I told her that I was going to be meeting that bride for an engagement photo shoot in a couple of weeks and that I wanted to meet her first in case she was a crazy bridezilla. I have met a few of them. (laughs) In that case, if she was crazy, then I would never bring it up and we would just keep things as is. Well, the day of the engagement shoot came. I was very excited to meet her, but when she showed up... She had a bottle of sparkling wine and a card that said congratulations on your success with Big Lash Energy. And she was so excited to meet me. (sighs) There's no way I'd have the heart to cancel on her. So I didn't even mention it. Instead, I just thanked Ricky for the thoughtful gesture and figured, I guess it's just not in the cards. Well, a few weeks went by and one afternoon I was just scrolling through my emails and I saw that a bride had emailed saying, yes, I apologize, but I'm going to have to cancel all my bookings with Jaina. That sentence stopped me in my tracks. Clients almost never cancel on me. So I clicked to read more details. The bride's name jumped out at me for some reason and I realized, oh my gosh, I think this is the bride who was the reason I couldn't go to Las Vegas. I flipped over to my calendar and freaked out when I saw that now, if this booking wasn't on the calendar anymore, we could go. I called my sister ecstatic. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? Out of all the clients to cancel on me, this never happens. It's like we were meant to be there. My sister interrupted me and said, wait, why did she cancel? 
That's when the insecurity came over me. Damn, good question. I'd been so excited about the prospect of going to Las Vegas that I hadn't looked into that at all. I started to get nervous. Wait, we did an engagement shoot together. Maybe she hated the work that I did, or even worse, what if her fiance did something terrible, like cheated on her or broke her heart, and now she's sad and depressed? I can't be celebrating right now. I ran to Instagram and did some super stalking. I finally found her account and tried as hard as I could not to seem weird or awkward when I reached out, like, hey, gorgeous, I saw that you canceled your wedding with me. Is is everything okay? Did you not like the look we created together? Totally cool. It's totally like, it's whatever. I'm just wondering. (laughs) Thankfully, she responded almost immediately and said, Oh, hey, no, I absolutely love the work you did. I've never felt more beautiful. I was relieved that she liked what I did, but I was still kind of nervous that she was heartbroken. So I said, okay, but is everything all right? And she said, oh, yeah, everything's fine. I called it off. You know, after you and I talked, I realized you're right. He was a person, but he wasn't the person for me. Oh, oh, shit. Our conversation was the reason she called off her wedding? Oh no. Let's get something straight. I was by no means telling her to call off her wedding at our booking or saying that this man wasn't the one for her. I distinctly remember our conversation that morning. I was speaking in general about how to tell if someone's right for you or not. But I did remember that there was one moment when I was behind her doing her hair. I happened to see the side of her face and it seemed like what I was saying was really hitting home. But I had no idea that she was going to do her engagement shoot and then call off her wedding shortly after because of it. I couldn't believe it. Like I said, this almost never happens. But out of all my brides this year, she was the one who canceled Maybe it was karma rewarding me for not canceling on her, even though I really wanted to. Because if you think about it, this really was the perfect solution. She wasn't heartbroken. She wasn't upset about something. Nothing bad had happened. It was all her decision. And she was a fan of the show. It just kind of all seemed to be a little bit too coincidental to not be fate. Now that I knew she wasn't heartbroken and she didn't hate the hair and makeup that I'd done, I could finally unclench my butt and go back to planning my trip to Vegas with my sister. To me, this was all I needed to have proof that we were meant to be there. So I called Carly and we started to make plans and we talked about the convention, what was going to be involved and that we were going to be talking to people and making connections. And she kind of had a little bit of a panic attack. She said, wait, I'm going to have to talk to strangers like by myself. I'd completely forgotten Carly's fear and anxiety around talking to people she doesn't know. That's one thing we really don't have in common, and sometimes I forget to be sensitive about it. It's crazy considering how gorgeous she is, but Carly has always preferred to be behind the scenes. Her whole life, she's been super shy and wanted me to talk for her. When we were young, she wouldn't even call to order pizza. So I interrupted her because it was obvious that her self-saboteur was trying to get in the way of her greatness to make her doubt herself. I cut her off and I said, this isn't the time to worry about our insecurities. This opportunity has opened up for us for a reason. This isn't about us. It's about the show. And she said, okay, I have no problem talking about the show. I'm really proud of it. I said, Carly, this is our time. We need to walk into that room like God sent us. And that is exactly what we did. We decided that we had to be bold. Bold because we only had one chance. 
Bold because we believe in our mission. Bold because this show was depending on us. And at this point, I've invested countless hours into this show, not to mention tens of thousands of dollars, literally. And Carly sacrificed an incredible career working for a university to come do this with me. We don't have time to play small. It just doesn't make sense. So, leading up to the trip, we obsessed over our plan. We weren't going to waste a single minute of this opportunity. There were multiple classes happening every single day, so we went over their descriptions and decided that it would be smartest if we split up so we could spread our brain power out and get as much information as possible. We wanted to be sure there was no mistake that we were there with a show called Big Lush Energy, so we obsessed over branding everything we could. Carly made us custom tote bags. She put our logos on all kinds of white and orange clothing options. I did my nails to say Big Lash, and we even changed the lanyards that came with our passes to be orange. We had swag to hand out to people that we met, like orange Big Lash Energy pens, stickers, keychains, and of course our t-shirts and hoodies. We made glow bracelets with our logos on them and we handed them out at parties so that the people we'd meet would remember us when they woke up in the morning hungover. We thought of everything. Each day we wore different outfits, but we were always in orange. And as an added bonus, it was really easy to find each other in the crowd. At night, we went to the networking parties in Orange too. By the end of the second day, people were all starting to wonder what this was all about. Slowly but surely, people were coming up to us and asking, what's the story behind all the orange? Or, I looked up your show after I saw all your branding. You guys are the real deal. It was so funny because before we left, Carly and I had talked about that we weren't going to waste any time talking to people if the conversation was going nowhere. And I have a really hard time with that. I love to save everybody. But Carly was a savage. If we were in the middle of a conversation that seemed to be going into a lull or maybe wasting time, she would just stop abruptly and say, well, we need to go talk to other people. And she would just pull me away. I'd never met this version of Carly before. And I think she surprised herself too. We had a CEO of a huge advertising company chase us down in the casino bar one evening to tell us he'd never seen anyone work a room like we did and that he thought our branding was so on point. I talked to the head of a network, which is basically a record label for podcasts, and I wanted to see what kind of opportunities we could look forward to in the future. I didn't think our show was big enough to be picked up just yet, so I asked the man at the booth, who would I have to talk to in the future to discuss signing with the network? He said, well, I'm the CEO, so you're talking to the right guy. After seeing our branding, the postcard we'd had printed with all of our show stats, etc., he said, Normally we wouldn't take a show on that's as small as yours, but you're doing everything right, and I know we could promote it for you and get some serious ad revenue coming in. I didn't feel ready for that yet, but it was cool to know that we were on the right track. I loved that here we had the opportunity to talk face-to-face with people who would have never returned an email of ours if we'd stayed at home. In addition to all the networking, we went to the podcast awards, which was super inspiring. We celebrated the shows that won and all the hard work they put into it. And of course, visualized ourselves walking across that stage one day. my sister, Espresso, and all my exes. <laughs> Thank you, I couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> of course, we took in so much information, I'm still actually trying to process it, but I would say the three main things we learned from being at the show was one, we're on the right track. Two, if we stay consistent, there's a lot of opportunity out there for us. And three, we don't necessarily need to be confident in ourselves. We just need to be confident in our purpose. And that's what this is all about. 
I'm sure at this point you're thinking, okay, Jaina, congratulations. You killed it at the podcast convention. Bravo. I'll follow my dreams. Blah, 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 whatever. Can we get to the good stuff now? I want to know how does Curly end up barfing her face off on the side of the road? (coughs) Well, I'm glad you asked. Now it's time for me to get to the good stuff. One thing you need to know about my sister is she doesn't party. I'm a mom. She doesn't get out at all. In fact, she is 100% dedicated to being a mom, which is a beautiful thing. If you Googled helicopter mom in the dictionary, I'm sure her face will pop up first. Mm -hmm. So having her in Las Vegas was a really huge opportunity for us because I never get the chance to party with Carly. I told you in the past episode that I couldn't wait for you to see what happens once she puts on her party pants. But in this case, it ended up being party pantyhose. (laughs) So one night we had to go to the iHeartRadio networking party. It was going to be a private party held at Dre's nightclub, which is very exciting. And so we, of course, wanted to choose matching orange outfits. Carly wore a really cute dress and I happened to look down and noticed that she had pantyhose on. Now, I don't have anything against, well, okay, you know what? Yes, I do. I do have something against pantyhose. I don't really understand why we would wear skin on top of our already beautiful skin. I'm pretty sure before this show, I was really confident that a man must have invented them in order to get us back for neckties. So I actually did some Googling because, you know, I don't just want to entertain you. I also want to educate you here at Big Lush Energy. And I looked up to see who invented pantyhose. And let me just see here. What is- it actually was a man by the name of, one second, let me pull it up here, Alan E. Gant. Yes, a man invented pantyhose. Can you believe that? So anyways, I just don't think that there's a place for them in a nightclub. You know, maybe on the legs of a lawyer or in a business situation, sometimes when it's really formal, but not at a nightclub because I just don't think they're sexy. In fact, yesterday I did a booking for a client who told me that she wanted to look hot and sexy for a date night with her fiance. So while I was doing her hair and makeup, I looked down and I saw her wearing pantyhose. And of course I laughed and thought of my sister because I just had this experience with her in Las Vegas. And um, she was a big fan of the show. She'd actually even quoted Big Lash Energy a few times during our appointment. So I knew I could be comfortable with her. I said, hey, I know you want to look sexy tonight, but can I give you a little bit of advice? She said, yeah, of course. I said, you really need to take those pantyhose off. And she said, really? Why? I said, look at your ankles right now. On her ankles, there was like six wrinkles where the nylons had sagged down around her feet. I'm sorry, but that's just not sexy. (laughs) But you know what is sexy? Skin. And that's why we've invented self-tanners, spray tan, Sally Hansen, airbrush legs. There are so many options now to make your skin look nice and smooth and still looking like skin. So I've made the recommendation. And then we kind of joked after she was ready a bit early. I said, oh, now you have time to take selfies. And she goes, yeah. And time to burn my pantyhose. So today I did her hair and makeup again, and it turned out that he actually proposed to her yesterday, which was really cool because she officially got her ring. Today I saw her and she said, Jaina, we were out last night and he could not take his hands off my legs. And I said, do you think you would have been touching all over your legs if you had those pantyhose on? And she said, absolutely not. So my point was made. Anyways, back to Las Vegas, I asked my sister, why are you wearing pantyhose? And she said, because I'm married, Gina, that's why. I'm being modest. I don't know if you followed our Instagram stories, but my sister has tits to her chin, okay? She has giant boobies, a tiny waist. I was like, listen, you're really worried about the wrong things here. (laughs) You're worried about pantyhose, but literally the only thing covered on your boobs is your nipples. Really? Okay. Anyways, we go to the club and it is lit. There was all the confetti falling from the sky and the music was amazing. The DJ was incredible. 
and I was smiling ear to ear. I finally had my sister in a nightclub. After a couple of minutes, she asked me, Do you want to go get a drink? I thought I was hearing things. Carly never drinks. When I told her I was surprised, she goes, Well, it's an open bar. Ah, now it made sense. One thing my sister loves more than anything is a good deal. She was going to take advantage of it. Since she was a rookie, I asked the bartender to make something easy to drink. So he gave us a vodka soda with strawberry syrup. We made our way to the dance floor where I was reminded that she's completely unable to move her hips. It had been so long since I'd gone out dancing with Carly, I forgot she couldn't dance at all. Hell, she's so hot, she doesn't even have to know how to dance. Well, after a few songs, she asked me, You want to go get another drink? Of course I said yes. Eventually, we reconnected with a group of people we'd met at one of the networking meetups. They were hilarious, and at one point, one of them noticed how different our dancing abilities were and asked, Are you sure you have the same parents? We were having such a good time, and at some point in the evening, one of the guys pulled out a giant cigar. Cigar smoke is super nostalgic for me because my grandpa used to smoke them and anything he ever gave me or sent me smelled like them. We were in the middle of talking about what he loved about the smell and I looked over my shoulder and saw my sister leaned back with a joint sticking out of her mouth, hands free like she thought she was freaking Snoop Dogg. I said to the guy I was talking to, oh no, this can't be good. I've never seen my sister smoke weed before. And he goes, hey, leave her alone. She's living her best life. I was like, oh, for sure. I guess she's just living as a mom on the loose. So after taking a few drags, she made eye contact with me and motioned to the bar. Like, you want another drink? I thought, yeah, woman, let's go. As we walked there, I said, I'm surprised you're having a third drink. She goes, of course, Gina, they're free. I thought, all right, tonight's going to be interesting. She danced while she sipped, and then the strangest thing happened. Carly changed. She switched from super happy, taking selfies and making new friends to the moodiest looking bitch on the block. I asked, are you, are you okay? okay? And she goes, are you kidding? No, I'm not. I need to get, get out, out of here. here. Wait, what? Let's go right now. I said, okay, you're being dramatic. Let's just go to the bathroom. So we went to the washroom and in there, she started to pace around. She looked at me with fear in her eyes and she goes, Gina, I'm fucked up. I said, okay. It's all right. You're partying. You're just not used to this. She goes, no, I've been drugged. I said, no, you haven't. You're drunk. There's a big difference. She goes, no, no I've been drugged, drugged and I want to go home. home. Take, Take me back, back to my family. family. I said, okay, now you're talking crazy. You need to chill. Plus, your family does not want to see you like this. I'm here. You're safe. But she wasn't having it. She pushed past me and stumbled her way back to the group of people we'd been dancing with. She pointed to one of them and said, you, you drugged, drugged me. me. He said, I'm sorry, what? That's a very harsh accusation. I said, no, he didn't, Carly. Let's go. They could see she was in a bad spot. So they said, we're at the same hotel as you. We'll give you a ride home. You can't have her in an Uber all scared like this. I said, all right, let's go. We followed them out to the parking lot. Everyone got into their cars and we ended up in the back of a super sexy white Mustang convertible. Carly was still stone-faced. She didn't want to talk to anyone. She didn't trust anyone. And she kept telling me that she wanted to go home. The car started up, they put the top down, and then we began going around and around the parkade to the exit. Carly looked over at me and said, I don't feel good. I said, you're going to be absolutely fine, Carly. Stop being dramatic. You're just not used to having fun. The guys we were with were doing their best to be positive and act like they weren't offended. And I kept telling them, she's usually a really nice person. I'm sorry, she's just a bit paranoid. They go, oh yeah, we can see that. Then as we were driving down the freeway with the wind blowing in our hair, all of a sudden, Carly's nails dug into my leg. She goes, I'm going to be sick. I said, no, you're not. Just keep it together. We're not far from the hotel. 
Then her eyes got huge. Her cheeks blew out like a pufferfish and her lips puckered super tight. Her hair was flying all around her face and I realized that she was doing her best to hold in her puke. I didn't have time to process before she was suddenly blowing vomit out of her mouth with the wind blowing it all back onto her face, her outfit, and my juicy couture blazer that I'd lent her. When I tell you she was covered in puke, I've never seen anything like it. I felt terrible for the driver because I didn't want her to ruin his rental car, so I was trying to catch it all with my jacket. Once her cheeks were finally empty of the barf, she looked at me with strings of vomit hanging off of her eyelashes. Like, from her eyelashes to her chin, she looked like a zombie. Her now wet hair was stuck all over her face. She said, I told you. I said, yes. Yes, you did. Then she started to heave and the guys took the hint and pulled the car over on the freeway. The one in the passenger seat jumped out, flipped the seat forward and said, Here, just do it here. Carly launched herself forward out the door from the back seat and let her rip. The cars piled up behind us and I didn't know what to do but to try to make her feel better. I said, You're beautiful, Carly. You're, you're so beautiful. She got back in the car. I didn't think she could look any worse than the way she looked before she went out, but she did. The guys pulled up to the hotel and one of them said, We'll take you to the back door. She doesn't need to be walking through the lobby looking like that. So we pulled up, helped her out of the car, and I held her weight up as I directed her to our room. Everyone, and I mean everyone we passed in the hallway, made a yikes face and then looked away. (laughs) I tried to convince myself that Vegas had seen much worse, but she did look quite terrible. We made it up the elevator and down the long hallway to our room. I let her go for a second so I could find the key, and when I looked back, she was lying in fetal position on the hotel floor saying, I'm gonna throw up again. I said, no, you're absolutely not. I helped her up and I got her to the toilet just in time. I told her I was gonna go downstairs to get some water and fresh fruit or snacks for when she wakes up in the morning, and then I'd be right back. I went downstairs, and when I got back to the room, I found her lying in the bathtub, which was now full to the brim of water. She was still in all of her clothes, including her pantyhose, which just really grossed me out for some reason, and puke floating all around her. She opened her eyes slowly and said, I'm so cold. I'm so embarrassed. I said, Carly, you had three drinks. You didn't do anything crazy. You're just not used to partying. She said, Gina, I was drugged. I said, no. Well, you smoked weed like Snoop Dogg. And she said, wait, what? That was weed? I said, yeah, it was weed. She goes, oh my God, I thought I was smoking a cigar. Everything made so much more sense now. (laughs) The next day I woke up to my sister looking back and better than ever. She'd gotten up before me, spent the whole morning in the shower washing herself and my jacket. When we bumped into that group of guys again, I said, I have to apologize on behalf of my sister. She didn't realize she was smoking weed. And one of them said, yeah, she said I drugged her. And I thought, nah, crazy lady, you drugged yourself. After that, Carly never had another drink for the rest of the trip. Like, she literally walked around the next party with a mug of water in her hands. As soon as she got home, she knew the story was going to be on the podcast, so she sat down at the dinner table with her family and told everyone the story of how she smoked weed by mistake and thought everyone was trying to kill her. And unanimously, everyone in her family said, 
Oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh mom. mom. Why, why can't, can't you, you just, just be, be cool? cool? <laughs> Since I've been home, I've had a couple of opportunities to scroll through my camera roll, through the pics of the selfies we took together in our orange outfits, slides from the classes we took, party pictures, pictures of us with new friends. Hell, even the sneaky one I took of her lying in fetal position in the hallway of the hotel. And it hit me. If nothing at all comes from the time energy and money that I've spent creating Big Lash Energy. If it never gets bigger than what it is right now, if no one ever hears about it besides just you and me, it will all be worth it just for the simple fact that it's given me an excuse to spend more time with my sister. Sure, my face is on the cover of this show and my voice is the one you'd recognize the most, but without Carly, there would be no Big Lash Energy. So thank you, Carly, for the sacrifices that you've made, for standing beside me, for being so confident, for loving me unconditionally, for having patience with me and all the changes I want to make with everything, and mainly just for believing in me. You are the wind beneath my wings. It's the cheesiest line, but it's true. Anyways, thank you so much for listening this week. I hope you liked our little update from Las Vegas. Hopefully we didn't gross you out too much. We appreciate you pressing play. And if you know someone who could use a little Big Lash energy in their life, could you pretty please share this show with them? It would mean the world to us. And I hear every time you do, Carly's hard work gets appreciated. I want to go home. I'm a mom. (laughs) Now, until we talk next time, Go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Oh, right. And please follow your dreams. <laughs> Damn, Close, that's why I'm yelling, damn Jane. Would you feel me?